You may have a seat. Well, good morning, everybody. For those of you that I don't know yet, my name is Aubrey. Um, I've been on staff here for ever, um, about 16 years, and I'm the director of ministry. I am married to Russ for 20 years now. We have four awesome kids, and I get to come up here and teach a few times a year. So I'm excited to be up here with you guys this morning. We are continuing a series called uh, So What's in Store? And we are looking at the Sermon on the Mount. So where Jesus is talking to a ton of people. And he's kind of thrown a wrench in some of the things that they have been taught and that they have learned. Um, different aspects of life. And he's encouraging them to consider living for the kingdom of God. What does that look like? What does it look like when a person is putting... God's wants and God's desires and God's will first in their life. So uh, today we are in Matthew 6, uh, verses 25 through 34. I'm going to read these for you. They're also going to be up on our screen so you can follow along. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store, store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So this week we're talking about worry. And I do not know if I'm the best person to be up here talking to you about worry. If we lined up all of our teachers up here on the stage, I am probably the one that worries the most out of all of them. I probably worry enough for several of them. Um, I'm a true type A. I'm a firstborn kid. I have kids, so I'm a mom. Worry, it just comes naturally to me. I'm really, really good at it. So if you need to know how to do it, Come talk to me. Um, I think God knew that I just needed to be reminded as well. As I was preparing for this and getting ready for today, he knew that I needed some reminders. So I think that's why, that, that's what I'm telling myself anyways. That's why I'm up here today. Um, I want to start by just sharing with you a story that I read in preparation for this. I don't even know if it's a true story, but I'm going to share it with you anyway, because I have a daughter going off to college this fall, and that's what I had to do with. So I read this story about this girl. She's headed off to college her first year. And a few months in, mom and dad get a letter at home. So they're all excited. Sit down on the couch together, start opening up the letter together. And the very first thing the daughter says is, hey, mom and dad, don't worry. She's like, I'm okay. And so their heart rates go up a little bit. She said, I just wanted to let you know some of the things that have been going on for me at college these last few months. Don't worry. But my dorm burned down. It's okay, I'm fine. I, there was this great firefighter, really cute. He rescued me, saved my life. And the good news is, he's letting me stay with him. While, 
they're, they're figuring out everything in the dorm. He's so nice. Mom, you guys would totally love him. He's so kind. He's so generous. He's been so nice to me. In fact, over the last few weeks, we've fallen in love. And mom and dad, I'm getting married. So anxiety is just lifting, right, as mom and dad are reading. And she's like, but don't worry, mom and dad. We don't have to start planning for the wedding right away. We don't want to rush into anything. You know, he says that while I'm carrying our baby, he just wants me to be stress-free. So we're not going to move too quickly. By this point, mom's like dry heaving and dad's, she's holding him down so he doesn't run and kill this firefighter. Um, the letter goes on to say, actually, mom and dad, my dorm didn't burn down. I didn't meet a firefighter. I'm not pregnant. We're not getting married. Actually, I'm getting a D in history, and I just wanted you to remember, it could be way worse, okay? <laughs> Love you. <laughs> like, my heart is beating hard just telling you that story. Deep breaths, everyone. Yeah. So there are lots of different aspects to worry, right? And we all handle worry in different ways. There are some of us who are what you would just call worry warts, right? Worry about everything, every day, every morning. Anybody out there like that? You're just a worry wart by nature. Yeah? Okay. And then there are some of you on this end of the spectrum who never worry about anything. Because what's the point? Why would I worry about it? I have no control over it. I, anybody like that? I'm not going to waste my time worrying. Yes? You're my husband's people. He doesn't worry about things. And then there's those people who fall somewhere in between, right? So we're going to be talking, obviously, a lot about worry today. Um, but my hope is that I'm able to speak to both sides of the spectrum. Because my guess is... Even if you are one of those people who doesn't worry about things, you have somebody very close to you who does, right? Either a family member, a coworker, somebody. So my hope is that I can speak to both your hearts today. So I think it's helpful to start with what worry is. Um, we use a lot of words interchangeably with worry. Um, worry, fear, doubt, anxiety, those kinds of things. Um, but I think the two main kinds that are interchanged the most are worry and fear. We hear both of those in the Bible a lot. Do not worry, do not fear, right? Um, but I think fear can be a really natural emotion for a lot of us. I think God designed fear as a good thing in our bodies too. Um, we hear, because, I think because we hear don't fear, don't worry, oftentimes we put up a wall and we say, okay, I'm not going to do that because I'm not supposed to fear and I'm not supposed to worry. So we maybe even miss out on opportunities that God is putting right in front of us because we've been taught do not fear, do not worry, right? But I think, like I said, I think fear can be a good thing. Um, there are several things that are good that happen, and I want to talk about this this morning. So let's talk about that healthy fear first that God designed in us. So I want to pop up a quote on the screen. This is Eleanor Roosevelt. She said, do one thing every day that scares you. And I think she was onto something because science has proven that a good amount the right amount of fear in our bodies can actually be really good, really healthy for us. There are several things that can happen. It keeps you safe because, right, if something happens around you and your body gets that trigger, like, oh, I'm supposed to fear this. I'm supposed to be reacting in some way. So it can keep you safe. It can get you to move. Um, it burns calories. I mean, right, that's good. It boosts your immune system. They actually did a study of a group of people who went to a movie um, they took a blood panel ahead of time, and they took all their vitals, and then they had them watch some scary movie, and then they took all those same vitals at the end, and they determined that, obviously, heart rates were up, so that's why your calories were burning. But they also said that the white blood count went up for these people, so their immune system was boosted during that two-hour window. 
so it does those things, um, you get a natural high from those hormones, those good hormones, and Andrew mentioned these a few weeks ago, and I wrote them down so I wouldn't forget. Dopamine, endorphins, oxytocin, and serotonin. So you feel good. Like something happens in your body where it helps you to feel good. Um, it helps you stay in the moment and be present and focused because when you're fearing something around you, you're alert. You're looking, you're paying attention, you're focused. So those are good things. God's original design for fear in that way was good. But there's also the second kind of fear, which is unwarranted worry. Things that are out of our control, but things that just consume our mind. And this was the kind of fear or worry that Jesus was talking about in this passage. Um, and this kind of unwarranted worry, I thought this was interesting, I read this, will always be based upon something in your imagination or in your memory. So that kind of worry is being driven by what we are thinking, what our thoughts, what we are allowing ourselves to think, or by a past trauma, something that has happened to you and you're afraid that it's going to happen again. Does anybody do the worst case scenario very often? No, just me? Okay, well, let's talk about that. Um, there are a few things, unwarranted fears, that I have in my own life, and I wanna share these with you because maybe you'll recognize these as something that you deal with in your life. So first one, I mentioned my daughter's going off to college. I fear putting kids through college, right? Am, am I ready to let her go? I know she's gonna be fine. Am I gonna be okay? Um, you know, have I taught her everything she needs to know? Have I given her everything that she needs so that she can be successful? I worry about those things. Um, second, finances. I worry about finances. And Forbes magazine says that this is the number one worry for most people, rich people and poor people alike. They said rich people worry just as much about money, but it's in a different way. Have we saved enough? What if the money runs out? What if our kids don't have enough? What if I fail? Those kinds of things. For me, finances is college, obviously. And we're putting two girls through dance this fall. And if you have dancers, you know that that rivals a college education. So, I mean, just, just the amount of money going into that. You laugh, but I'm not joking. Um, <laughs> my kids' safety in general, right? The big four, accidents, drowning, choking, kidnapping, right? Those are the four we worry about as parents. I have two teenage drivers. We live out in the country, so I'm constantly stalking them on Life360 when they're coming home. There's animals that jump out. There's people who aren't paying attention. I worry about them driving. I have a 10-year-old son who jumps and runs and climbs and, yeah, gets hurt. He came home yesterday or the day before and had a huge scratch down his back. Big, deep scratch. I'm like, bud, you were just swimming today. How did you get a scratch? He has no idea. So you just, you worry, you know, about their safety. Um, health, I worry about, mainly for my kids. When they get sick, I just get super nervous. When they were babies, I was terrified when they would get fevers. Even though I knew that the fever was a good thing, that it was doing good things for their body, it scared me. Um, I get scared when I'm sick, especially if it's the kind of sick where I'm helpless and I can't do things, I can't take care of people. Um, that makes me nervous. This, preaching. <laughs> I get really worried about this. And it's not so much the public speaking side of things anymore, but it's more, I feel like I'm being trusted to bring the word to you. And what if I didn't hear right from God? Or what if you're misinterpreting what I'm saying? Or what if he's not speaking to you? I, I worry about those things. So I have to be reminded of this next quote. I'm going to pop up here for you. Worry is the fear we manufacture. It's a choice. And I have to remind myself about this a lot. When I'm in a place of fear, of unwarranted worry, 
Um, it's something I'm bringing upon myself. It's my choice. I'm not feeling this way because God's doing this to me. This is my own, and I can change it. So aside from being consuming and annoying, worry's not that bad, right? Wrong. What I learned when I studied is that worry can affect our bodies in really negative ways. Um, the physical side effects that I wasn't even aware of what can happen if you're someone who worries all of the time. So here are some of the different parts of our bodies that are affected negatively by worry. The first one is our nervous system, and that's our command center. So if something goes wrong in our nervous system, that can cause even more worry. Like, is something really, really wrong with me? Um, it can lead to things like panic. Our muscles, our shoulders and our neck muscles, when they tense, it can lead to migraines and headaches um, that can become chronic. Our heart, obviously, um, higher levels of anxiety can trigger stress hormones that make your heart beat faster and harder. And that's okay if it's in a short amount of time, but if it's a long-term thing where we're doing this to ourselves all of the time, it can lead to artery walls getting hardened, um, unhealthy cholesterol, heart attack. Our blood sugar, so those stress hormones that give us a boost of energy when we're experiencing real danger or fear, helps us to run if we're in a situation. Those same things, if we are not running, in that moment, if we're expanding the time length of it, um, they actually sit in your body. And if you're already prone to like diabetes, overweight, things like that, it can cause kidney disease, stroke, if it's long-term. Um, our immune system can be affected. So if you are a long-term warrior, it can lead to sicknesses, like chronic sicknesses. So just like when those people were in the movie, the short-term fear, it was good for their bodies to get their immune system, immune system boosted. If it's long-term like that, it can be really negative to your body. Um, and the last one is just stomach and digestive system. Tummy issues, um, ulcers, yeah, it, it's just not fun. So what do we do? How do we, if we're supposed to be seeking the kingdom first, God's thoughts, God's ways, how do we do that? I think this is a good first step, right? How many of you believe this book? Go ahead and answer out loud. Yes, right? Yeah. So the Bible tells us um, about fear and worry in here 365 times, which I don't know if that's a coincidence or not. One for every day of the year. I think God knows that we just need to be reminded and be reassured that we don't need to worry and we don't need to fear. So even if it's on a daily basis, um, I think it would be really easy for me just to stand up here and say, okay, so don't fear. Jesus said it. Don't fear and your life will be better. Um, open up the Bible and in a few minutes it will just be gone. Um, I was talking to my husband, Russ, and one of our kids, I don't remember who it was, about this passage in, in particular. And I said, I'm going to be talking about worry. What do you guys think would be helpful as I'm standing up in front of people for somebody who's coming in that is a warrior and just wants some answers. And I don't remember which one of them. I'm pretty sure it was Russ said, just tell them don't worry. <laughs> oh, she's so smart, honey. I'll just tell them just to stop. Um, but I think it's important for us to realize that there are people, they can't just stop. Um, worry is something that they have just trained their brains to do. And they're just, um, yeah, you can't just stop sometimes. And I don't want to downplay um, the importance of talking to a doctor or a counselor or maybe even getting medication if, if you're one of those people who it's just all the time and more of the anxiety level. But if you're not at that point, or maybe even if you are, what are some other things we can do to help curb worry or try to 
shift our brains a little bit so that we're not automatically jumping to worry. Um, so I prayed a lot going into this, um, just asking God what he wanted for today, what he wanted me to talk about. Um, because we've, I've talked about worry and anxiety up here before. We did a sermon series years ago on anxiety and depression that was so good. Um, so I just kept pressing in, saying, God, what is different about today? What do you want, what do you want us to take away from today? And I was reminded um, back when I had, I had several years where I battled severe panic and anxiety. And when I was going through that at the time, I prayed a lot that God would use what I was going through. That... I would be able to help just even one person at some point through a conversation or my experience that I would be able to have the courage to share with people my story, even if it made me look stupid, even if people looked down on me. That was what I was praying for. Um, I've shared my story up here before, so I'm not going to do that again today. If anybody ever wants to talk about it, I love talking about it because, like I said, I prayed that I can help people through things like that. Um, but I'm not going to do it today. I'm not going to share my full story. What I do want to do is just give you some of the things that the Lord walked through with me that actually brought breakthrough and brought freedom from constant worry. And I do want to point out that this was after years of struggle. This was after years of me trying to control it myself, trying to just stop, um, trying to figure that out on my own. It took a lot. Um, but what finally started to bring healing and break that chain for me was actually in Romans 12. So we're going to pop this up on the screen. This is Romans 12 too. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So that invitation to be transformed, having your mind be transformed, um, this has brought a lot of healing in my walk because it's given me something to do. So when that worry creeps in, um, when that fear creeps in, I have something tangible that I can hang on to and, and do to try to help. Um, because the battle for our mind is really vicious. It's unrelenting. It's unending. It's unfair because Satan doesn't play fair. Um, our brains control so much of the rest of our body physically, emotionally, um, and if Satan can get in and just have a little piece of our mind, he's got control over a lot of our bodies. So being transformed by the renewing of our mind, what does this mean? What does this look like? Um, getting that kingdom mindset, focusing on God and his thoughts. I think it's a few things. Um, I think it's asking God to give us his thoughts. Sometimes every day. I was, for a while there, I was waking up every morning and just praying, God, would you give me your thoughts for today? Give me your mind, give me your eyes, give me your heart. Um, I'm not as good about doing that every day anymore, but I still do it before going into meetings, um, before sitting with someone. I ask, I just invite God into those situations. What are you thinking for this person? Um, where's your mind? How should I think in this situation? We can't believe everything our mind says because our minds are broken. Even if we feel like we're not a worrier, our minds are still broken. The things that we let in through what we watch, through what we listen to, um, through what we hear, those can twist and distort reality really quickly for us. And that makes it really easy for Satan to get in, even through those things. So sometimes we just have to shut off those outside sources. Um, I really did not want to be lame this morning and give you an acrostic to help you remember some of this stuff. But I'm going to be lame. And I'm going to give you an acrostic because... I am one of those people, maybe you're like me, I will go and I will hear a message, and if it's relevant to me, I'll think, oh, 
I need to remember this. I need to do that the next time this happens for me. And then I walk out those doors and I forget. So I'm going to give you an acrostic for the word worry. And my hope is that the next time you're experiencing worry or fear and in that situation, you'll be able to pull some of these things and they will be helpful to you. So the first one for the W is worship. Um, I think this is the first step in fighting against worry, being reminded, um, focusing back on who God is. Because all of a sudden when we do that, when we turn our attention to God, our focus goes up. And it kind of blinds us to everything else that is swirling around us. If we keep our eyes focused on him and who he is, how good he is, um, what he cares for, what he, what he has created, those kinds of things, give us, gives us a whole new mindset when we're talking about dealing with the worry that's swirling around us. So worship music is great. It can even be just a great distraction to listen to if you are battling worry. Even if you're not singing along and raising your hands and doing all those things at first, if you're just listening along, it can be a great distraction. The word, meditating on the word, if that is a way that God speaks to you well, do that. Um, something that worked really well for me was focusing on nature, creation, um, I'm not a real artsy person, so it surprises me that that's kind of one of my defaults. But when I focus on those little things that God has made, all of a sudden, I'm like, whoa, what I'm dealing with is not that big compared to how big he is. Um, because I think sometimes the things around us, we just don't see. We get into habits, we get into our everyday lives, and we don't see those little things that are, that are just right in front of us. Um, we took our kids to South Dakota, gosh, eight years ago. Easton was really tiny still. And we stayed in Hill City. If you've ever been out there, you probably know where this is. Little teeny tiny town. Doesn't really have much. It's a really quaint little town, um, but it's really centrally located to everything, to all those sites you'd want to go see with your kids. So we stayed there, and, but it meant we were in and out of Hill City almost every day because we were going to do things. And on one of the highways coming into Hill City, there was just this beautiful, like, hilly, place with a ravine coming through so you could hear like the rushing water and we were so taken by that. I remember Russ and I would drive slowly past it every time we would come back into town just taking in the beauty of it and even on our last day we were we were leaving and we turned we did a big Yui on the highway so that we could stop and take a picture of that so we'd remember it and I remember cars just rushing past as we were out taking this picture and I realized oh these are these are locals they don't see this they drive by it every day and they just don't see it anymore. And when you're in vacation mode, you're just always looking for the beauty and everything. You've got your camera out. You're looking for those things. When you're in everyday life, sometimes you miss it. So we were back home, and it was months later, and I was on one of the bridges. I don't remember if it was the mile-long bridge or the, or the dam, but I think it was the time of day, and it just hit me. I just looked around, and I was like, wow, it is so gorgeous, just everything that the Lord has created that's right here in front of us that I just don't even see. I just drive by it all of the time. So... I think when we take time to notice those little things, even if it's to go look at a tree or a bird or a butterfly and just be reminded of how cool and huge God is. When we get into that place of awe, I think it makes it a lot easier to do the second one, which is O, which is own it. You got to own your worry. And I think if we tried to do that first before we worshiped God, we would just be focused on ourselves. So acknowledge it. Confess it, God, I just, I am struggling with worry, and I just cannot let go of this. Can you, can you come? Can you help me with this? And the first R, renew your mind. 
turning back to Jesus over and over again, turning back to God. Um, at the beginning, you're going to have to do this more often. I did. Um, because we're trying to rewire our brains, and that's, that's hard to do. The second R, resist the enemy. Recognize that he's coming after you. It, it's, that's a scary thought, but he is. He's always coming after us. And if you are a warrior, he's going to use that against you. He's going to try to cause chaos and confusion. So, but you have the power through Jesus to resist him. You have the authority to tell him no, that he's not going to have that in your life, that place in your life. And then the last one is yielding prayer. Um, this one's just total submission. And I remember um, years ago when I was really struggling, there were times when I would just be like flat on my bed and just arms out and just in that posture of my whole core being exposed and just saying, God, I, I can't carry this anymore. I can't do it. I don't like the way this makes me feel. I need you to come in and I need you to take it. Um, and I wish, I wish I could tell you that if you did those five things in that order, it's a magical fix, and you won't worry anymore. Um, maybe that will happen for you, but it didn't for me. It took a lot of practice and a lot of just turning back to God over and over. But one day I woke up, and it was gone. Um, yeah, and I don't, I don't want to tell you that I don't ever worry anymore. I do worry about a lot of silly little things, but... Something happens when you train your mind to focus on a kingdom mindset. Something happens, um, for me anyways, and it disappeared. So I want to turn back to the passage one more time. Um, and I want to see what we see going through it um, after, after talking about worry. So therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? So the same God that created life in you, who breathed life into your body, he cares about every little detail of your life. So just don't doubt that. He can be trusted. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? If we are constantly focused on um, making things happen or preventing things from happening, we're going to miss a lot of life that's going on around us, a lot of important things. Can any one of you add a single hour by worrying, add a single hour to your life? We talked about it can actually be really detrimental to your life and your health. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? God does not ignore anything that is dependent on him. We get that straight out of the word. So if we can get ourselves to a place where we're full dependency on him, he's not going to let us down. So don't worry. Saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans, the unbelievers, they run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. If we constantly worry about those kinds of things, we're just demonstrating a lack of faith and a lack of trust and understanding who God is. Um, we're believing the lie that the enemy is going to be able to do things to us that God doesn't have power to protect us from. But seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. God has such good things in store for you and for me. Um, so don't let worry 
prevent you from being able to move forward in what he has for you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Every day has enough trouble of its own. So one day at a time. And for those of us who are worriers, it takes some time. So be patient. It takes turning back over and over and over again. But don't give up because, like I said, he's got such good things. And it doesn't help us to worry. I just, I, I still am struggling with this every day. But it doesn't, it doesn't help us at all by doing that. And I don't think Jesus in this passage was saying not to mobilize and not to do things in a situation um, just to sit around and wait. I think what he's saying is go do your thing, but don't worry about it. I'm going to be right here with you. I'm going to be right here beside you. So planning for tomorrow is good for those of you who are planners. That's a good thing. But worrying about tomorrow isn't. Um, so what's in store for us if we chase after freedom from worry? It tells us in this passage God's going to provide every need that you have. Um, but you're also going to start finding yourself when you're in those situations um, where you might be prone to worry or anxiety, that all of a sudden you have this deep calm inside of you. And that's such a sweet gift. That's such a sweet place to be able to be in. So I want to invite um, the worship team to come back up. Um, I think the invitation today um, from this passage, for those of you who struggle, is to give, start to give up whatever it is that maybe you've been carrying for a really, really long time. Um, my prayer has been that for you today would start a healing process um, that may take time and you may have to keep turning back over and over again, um, but that God would be faithful and then that process would start for you today. So we're going to close with worship, um, which was the first thing in that list for worry. Um, and we're just going to sing to God. We're going to turn our attention back to him and who he is, um, how good he is, and trust that he's got good things in store for us. So I'm going to pray, and then I invite you to just let go in worship this morning. Um, maybe that means holding out your hands just as a symbol of, God, I'm turning this over to you today. I want today to be the first step in just me saying, yes, take this from me, Lord. I'm ready to give it up. So would you pray with me? So God, you are a good father. God, and we want to acknowledge that this morning. I think it's easy sometimes, God, even for me, I confess that I forget how big you are. So I pray, God, that you would be present in these next few moments, God. God, I pray that you would give us the courage to turn over whatever it is we may be hanging on to and just struggle to let go of. God, I pray that we would feel you this morning as we worship, as we turn our eyes to you. I pray that we would have a sense that you are here, the comforter who wants to take uh, whatever it is that has been holding us back, God, that has left us frozen in fear. Pray that your, your peace would just fall on this space this morning. God, we want you to be lifted high as we sing to you, God, as we praise you. 
would you be the most important thing in this room, God? We love you, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.